You're listening to Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. Enjoy. Good morning, everyone. God bless you. I am so thankful to the Lord for a another episode and we are still talking about fasting and if you are like me then you are still excited about the previous episode about fasting i feel so empowered i feel so enlightened i feel so strong i feel so sure and secure and this mandate that we have as christians to fast to deny ourselves and i thank the lord for that higher knowledge higher understanding and that depiction of fasting as laying our own bodies on the altar and not just pushing away our plate. It's much deeper than that. And that's why we get so much favor and so much insight when we begin to fast. So um, today we're going to talk about why we fast. Why are we doing this? Why are we putting our flesh to death? Why are we humbling ourselves? What are some of the things that we gain personally and spiritually from fasting? That's what we're going to talk about today, okay? What we gain from fasting. So let's go into prayer before our Father so that He can just Um, take us in with this lesson. Heavenly Father, it's all about your will. We thank you so much for your son, Jesus. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for his blood. We thank you for your presence. There truly is none like you. We love you. We honor you. You are absolutely amazing. We came to hear a word from you. Speak into us, God. Don't just speak to us. Speak into us. Let this word be sharp and pierce and divide and impart in the name of Jesus. Let this word position us and give us insight into your perfect will for our lives. Speak into us, God, in the name of Jesus, with every word that is released from your throne during this lesson, speak into us, penetrate us, God, mature us, awaken us in the name of Jesus Christ so that we're never the same again. And so that we never fast the same again. And so that we never handle situations the same way again. Glory to the name of the Lord. Father, we love you and we are excited about your word and we thank you for your word. And we're asking that you would teach us this word in the name of Jesus. So speak to us, Lord. Let your blood be upon us. Let your angels surround us in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke every distraction uh, that would cause us to turn from hearing or that would cause us to not be able to hear the words in this lesson in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, cover our ears naturally and spiritually. Cover our environments in the name of Jesus. Cause our children to calm down. Cause our co-workers to leave us alone. In the name of Jesus Christ, let traffic be good and clear father so that we can hear you uninterrupted so that you can speak to us maybe why we haven't gotten our answers yet maybe why we haven't gotten our breakthrough yet it's because we have not fasted we have not humbled ourselves with fasting yet and so lord we need to hear this we need this impartation so father cover our atmospheres and environments send your angels with flaming swords to fight for us send your uh, ministering spirits in the name of jesus to just cover our atmosphere to to usher in your shalom and to wherever we are in the name of jesus we love you we honor you we thank you you're holy it's in jesus name we pray amen Don't we thank God for another day? Isn't he good and isn't he faithful? I am just amazed that the Lord every single day, he loads us with benefits, waking up, not being on a respirator. You can breathe on your own. You are out and about. You can do your thing 
We need to thank God for the benefit of life, health, and strength. We need to thank God for the benefit of life in that more abundantly. Thank you, Jesus, for our children. Thank you, Jesus, for our spouses. Thank you for the spouses who are coming. Thank you for every dime and every penny in our bank accounts, wallets, and pockets. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for everything. You're so awesome, God. You all turn with me to Acts chapter 13. We are going to talk about why we are fasting, what we are accomplishing, what we have access to when we begin to fast. Amen. Amen. And so when um, getting into this portion of this lesson about fasting, um, you know how we've been taking a topic and really breaking it up and really digging into it and getting a good, good satiating spiritual meal out of it. Um, when going into this second part, the Lord, the Lord brought this example in scripture to mind when it came to fasting. And this is what he wants me to let you all know that the answers that you are seeking God for will come through a combination of prayer and fasting. Are we at Acts the 11th chapter? I mean the 13th chapter, excuse me. We're going to start at verse one. I'm reading the English standard version for this lesson. Let's go. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Okay, let me just start at verse two. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll start at the top. Okay, Jesus said, read it all again. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers. So this is a powerful church now. Teachers are revealing and expounding upon the word of God to the people. Teachers are delivering the word of God in a way that caused the people of God to become more knowledgeable. Teachers are breaking down and um, explaining and imparting the will of God. Remember the Bible says that the enemy came and snatched up the seeds that, or the word that was received with no understanding. So these teachers in Antioch were delivering things to the people that Satan could not steal away. Things that were going to bear fruit in their lives. We have to thank God for true teachers. And I just, I'm highlighting this because I, I want you to understand that these are powerful people. These are people with godly insight. These are people with a godly commission and they, they understand their godly identity and purpose on this earth. There were teachers in Antioch and then there were prophets. There were people who released the prophetic will of the Lord. There were people who released mysteries of God. There were people who were sent to speak things that were not as though they were. These were people who heard the mind of Christ and revealed it to his people and revealed it to whoever they were sent to encounter. This is the, the leaders in Antioch, prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manian, and Saul. While they, these powerful men of God, were worshiping the Lord and fasting. So now they have set themselves aside 
with all of that power, all of that anointing, all of that purpose, they didn't just keep going be based upon their anointing. They know how to deny their flesh and they know how to reach God. They know how to connect with the spirit of the living God. They said, it says they were worshiping and they were fasting. Hallelujah. And the Holy spirit said, wait a minute. What does this mean? That when we need to hear a specific rhema word from the Holy spirit, it is time to push our plate away and to lay our flesh on the altar. They said, we are denying ourselves. We are making this time all about you, not about our bellies, not about our throats, not about our needs, our perceived needs. We are making this all about you, Jesus. We need you. We don't need that food. We don't need that drink. We need you. And the Holy Spirit said, how many of the people who are listening right now need to hear a specific word from the Holy Spirit about something? And you said, man, I've been praying about this thing and I still don't know. Well, God is saying fast, add afflicting and humbling your flesh to this process. And the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. The Holy Spirit spoke and gave specific insight, instruction, and direction. Remember what we learned in, um, in first Corinthians that it is the spirit. Or if you haven't learned it yet, you're going to learn it <laughs> within the next month. Okay. It is the spirit who searches the deep things, the things of God, who knows a man better than the spirit that is in him. This is how the spirit of the living God, he searches our heavenly father and reveals and releases his will to the church. Those who are fasting have put their flesh to death and they are so intertwined in the spirit that the Holy Spirit searches them out and begins to release specific instruction and direction. They're not among the group that's eating and dancing and being merry and being drunken and being full. Yeah, good for them. They're still saved. Thank you, Jesus. But this is for those who are serious. This is for those, this revelation, this insight, this direction is for those who have humbled themselves and made themselves low and said, yes, I could be eating, drinking, dancing and turning up with the rest of the saints. But right now there is a, a, an urgent need. I am on my face. I am making myself low. I am denying this flesh because I would rather be in the face of the Lord crying out than sitting at a table eating my favorite meal. Can you imagine that mind? That's the mind that gets the blessing. That's the mind that gets the answer prayer. The Holy Spirit said, and then listen, then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. They continued to deny themselves. They said, okay, now we have the instruction. We have the insight. We need the impartation. We're going to keep fasting. We're going to stay out of our flesh. Lord, impart into us everything we need for this ministry and the work that you have called us to. Give us the insight. Tell us about the people we're going to see. Tell us about the people you need for us to encounter on this journey that you have predestined for us to go on. So the first reason, we have five reasons. The first reason we deny ourselves in this way. The first reason we, we, we put our flesh to death is to receive instruction 
to receive insight, to receive direction, and to receive impartation from the Holy Spirit. We fast to find out and be positioned for the will of God. And this will may be previously unknown to you. You may be completely surprised at what God tells you, but whatever he tells you to do, listen, because this is why you humbled yourself. You humbled yourself for the instruction. You humbled yourself for the direction. Now let the Lord impart it into you. Glory to the name of the Lord. You all turn with me. We're going into the second reason we deny ourselves and we put our flesh to death um, through, through, hum, um, through humbling it with fasting. Turn with me to Jonah, the third chapter. Now, I want to point out that in the book of Acts, we see righteous people using fasting as a, a means of, of connecting with the Lord. And now in Jonah, we're going to see unrighteous people using fasting as a means to connect with the Lord. We spoke about this in the previous episode. You may be in a pickle right now. We could put it like that. You may be in a messy situation that should never stop you from fasting. Fasting may give you the strength and the favor and the grace and the mercy that you need to get from out of that mess that you're in right now. Don't you ever let the devil tell you that you can't fast, that you're not mature enough to fast, that you don't live a life sanct enough to fast. The devil is a liar. If the heathens in Nineveh can do it, you can do it too. The devil just doesn't want you to receive that supernatural grace and mercy and strength and favor that comes when you begin to fast. Are we at Jonah chapter three? Let's read verse six through 10 verses six through 10. It says the word reached the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne. And this word was that the people of Nineveh were going to be destroyed. And he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and satin ashes. What do we learn about Ahab? When he took his king's garments off, he was saying, I don't want to satisfy my flesh in any way. I don't want to look good. I don't want to feel good about what I see when I look in the mirror. This is a time of affliction and humbling myself. It's not about what I have on. I'm going to put on this itchy, scratchy, heavy, unattractive, uncomfortable garment of sackcloth, right? And he sat in ashes. Verse seven says, and he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. I don't want anything that's alive and breathing on this planet as far as it is um, geographically placed that I rule over to eat anything. I don't care if it's your dog. I don't care if it's your sheep. I don't care if it's your cow. Nothing is eating anything because God has released something and we need him to have mercy on us. God has released a judgment against us. We realize we've been wrong. We've re we realize we've been doing evil against the God of heaven. We realize that our ways are not right. We realize that our ways are against his ways and now he's against us. And it's time for everybody to lay themselves on the altar. Listen to this. It says, let them not feed or drink water. Don't let them taste anything. Don't let them feed. Don't let them drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Everything go into a state of mourning. Everything go into a state of discomfort. And let them call out 
mightily to God. Come on now. He says, we are going to humble ourselves. We are going to afflict ourselves. And remember the imagery from our prior episode. We are bloody. We are cut up. We are burnt up. We are hungry. We are thirsty. And we are going to cry out mightily to God in this state. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. Verse 10 says this, listen to this. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them and he did not do it. So the second reason we can say why we fast is to humble yourself in repentance before Jesus. So whatever spirit would tell you, oh no, you're, you're, you're too deep in sin for you to call yourself, um, um, fasting and repenting. God doesn't want to hear from you. The devil is a liar. If you have gotten yourself caught up in some mess and you need to get from up out that mess, you need to start fasting because when you start fasting, you're not just saying that you're sorry. You are making yourself sorry. You are afflicting yourself. You are showing God how sorry you are. I'm so sorry. I don't want to eat. I'm so sorry. I refuse to drink. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to allow any pleasure into my life. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to talk to that person anymore. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to go there anymore. I'm changing my ways and to show you that I'm serious. I'm starting off this change with a complete humiliation of my flesh. So the second reason why we put this flesh to death is to humble ourselves in repentance before God. We say, Lord, I done messed up. Lord, I done did the wrong thing. That is the perfect time to say, I'm not just going to push away my plate. I'm laying my whole body on this altar as a sacrifice to the Lord. And that's what the people of Nineveh did. They laid their bodies down on the altar uh, before the Lord as a sacrifice so that he would turn away his judgment for the evil that they have been doing in their land. Okay. So now we're going to move on to point three. Turn with me to first Kings 19, first Kings 19. And we're going to start at verse five. And it says, and he laid down, speaking of Elijah, this is after he's downtrodden. He's saying he wants to die. You know, he's no better than the people who went before him. Here we are in verse five. It says, and he lay down and slept under a broom tree and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was at his head, a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and he drank and lay down again. Verse seven says, and the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, arise and eat. For the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the Mount of God. I just want to pause there um, really, really quickly before we go into verse nine. And I want to say, I remember when I first began to really get into fasting and really get into long-term consecrations. I remember just before I would start doing those things, my appetite would increase. And I had this knowing from the spirit of the living God that he was preparing my body in some type of supernatural way, like using that food to 
um, in a sense to carry me over. Okay. Like, uh, like how the angel said, I, you need to eat a little bit more because there's a great journey, uh, uh, before you. And I, you have to satiate yourself for the way you're about to break down your body. Now I'm not telling you to, um, you know, just, you know, become a glutton or something because you're about to go on a long-term fast. But I am saying that sometimes the Lord will increase your hunger before you do those fasts so that you can go into it with a lot of strength. Okay. And we know that the Lord is our strength, but listen, I got Bible to back up what I'm saying. God will tell you to eat a little more before you go into those long-term, long-term, um, fast to build up your flesh, because, um, whether we like it or not, or we're so spiritually, uh, deep that we don't really want to admit it. We actually do need food. God actually created it for us. When we fast, we're really doing something that is absolutely supernatural and denying our natural needs to be, uh, to be, uh, to receive a superfluous amount of supernatural impartation. But God will use food as a means to strengthen your flesh because that's why he created it. So sometimes before you go on a fast, you may feel hungrier. Okay, let's keep going to verse nine. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Okay, so this third reason that the Holy Spirit had me ex extract from scripture about why we fast. Okay, because remember he ate and then for 40 days and 40 nights, he did not, he ate nothing. But at the end of that 40 days and 40 nights, something happened. He began to hear from the Lord. The angelic visitation was cool, but that's not exactly what he needed to hear. That's not where he needed to pour his heart out. That's not where his impartation of understanding and comfort came from, right? It was necessary now, this angelic visit, but he needed to hear from God. And that fast was the precursor to him encountering God and hearing a new set of instruction for his next season. So third point. What are we putting our flesh to death for when you need to hear from the Lord Jesus Christ? When you say, you know what? I'm a bit confused. There's things going on on this side and on that side. And I can't seem to get a straight answer concerning this thing. That's the perfect time, beloved, to turn down your plate, to lay yourself on the altar and say, God, nothing else is more important than me hearing from you right now. Now, there's no plate, there's no circumstance, there's no food, there's no hunger, there's no thirst that is more important than me getting your attention. I need to hear from you and praying is not getting me the answers that I want. I have to humble and afflict myself before you. That's the third reason why we can fast. When you need to hear from the Lord. Amen. Turn with me to Exodus 24, 16. So we're doing Exodus 24 and 16. Why are we fast? Remember, we're about to go into our fourth point. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain and Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Can you imagine the beautiful 
atmosphere that Moses went into and stayed in that place for 40 days and 40 nights, not eating, not drinking. I'm not telling you not to drink for 40 days. You follow the Lord Jesus. Okay. But I'm just telling you what Moses did. He went into the glory of the Lord. He says, you know what? And this can be us. I want to get into the glory of the Lord, but guess what? I don't want to come out. I want to live in this glory. I want to breathe in this glory. I want to move in this glory. I want to make my decisions from this glory. <clears throat> I want to speak and understand from this glory. I need to deny my flesh. There's no way that in the flesh you'll be able to get into and stay in the glory of God. So what's the fourth reason why we deny ourselves, why we put our flesh to death? The fourth reason is to encounter, to experience, and to fellowship with the Lord in a closer, more consistent, and intimate way, okay? To encounter, experience, and fellowship with the Lord in a closer, more consistent, and intimate way. We need consistency in this depth that we have as saints. We need closeness and intimacy with this glory of God. We need to encounter him and we need to experience him and we need to fellowship with him in his glory, in the depths of God. And when you put that flesh on the altar, honey, you say, Jesus, I want to connect with you in the realm of the spirit. Forget this flesh, forget my dinner, forget my breakfast, forget my lunch. I want you I want your glory. I'm not hungry for food. I'm hungry for you, Jesus. That is why we put our flesh to death. That is why we're fasting. For anyone who wants to know, why do we have to do this? That's why. That's why so many of us say, man, the deep people always fasted. They caught on. This is what you do when you want to encounter the Lord in a, in a different way. Not that you're not saved and Jesus doesn't love you if you don't have a good fasting life, but there's only but so much strength and glory and understanding and majesty that you're going to get if you don't know how to deny your flesh sometimes. Remember what it says in Romans, those who have their minds set on the flesh are hostile towards God. As long as your mind is set on making sure that you eating, making sure that you're comfortable, you are hostile towards God. You are prideful. You're puffed up. Okay. You're catering to your carnal needs more than your spiritual needs. You're more focused on making yourself feel good than getting deep into the realm of the spirit or getting answers to your prayers or getting your deliverance or connecting with the spirit of God in a deeper way. We're about to get into this fifth point. You know, we got to go to Daniel. We, you know, we got to go to Daniel when we talking about fasting, right? Daniel 10, I'm going to read verses one through three, and then I'm going to read verse 12. Let's go. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel who was named Belshazzar and the word was true. And it was a great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding of the vision in those days. I, Daniel was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacy, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for three, for uh, the full three weeks. Okay. He says, I didn't anoint myself. I was walking around dry, crusty, ashy. Okay. I wasn't trying to look good. I wasn't trying to feel good. 
I was in mourning. I was in real mourning. Turn with me. Come on, let's go over to the, the 12th verse. It says, then he said to me, this is the angel that came and visited him. It says, then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, from for the first day that you set your heart to understand, listen to this, and humbled yourself before your God. He said he needed understanding. Didn't we say that's one of the reasons? We need insight. We need direction. We need instruction. We need to hear from the Lord. This is why we're humbling ourselves. The angel knew this. Glory to God, because these are kingdom dynamics. This is the way things work in the kingdom. This is how you access certain things, y'all. You got to come up out your flesh. Listen, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard and I have come because of your words. Because of what you were saying now, something the Holy Spirit pointed out to me, okay, um, from this scripture that he had never pointed out to me before, is that the spiritual battle that was going on in the second heaven lasted as long as Daniel's fast did. I want to pose a question to you. What if you don't even know the spiritual battle taking place so that you can receive what God has for you right now in the realm of the spirit? What if that fast that God is telling you to go on is so that you can be in agreement and in alignment with heaven as heaven is fighting all of hell that is coming against you and your marriage and your family and your finances and God's will for your life? What if you going on this fast is God getting you to agree with him concerning the battle that he has to fight to get you out of this season into the next from this level to the next? Have we considered that as we say we struggle and as we say God told me to, but I didn't. And then we wonder why we still don't have the victory because we're not fighting in agreement with heaven. We are literally eating and chilling. That's it. I'm going to read what I wrote. It just so happened. Daniel was fasting while ministering spirits were fighting for him. And let me tell you something. That's no coincidence. It's absolutely no coincidence. While he was fasting, heaven was fighting. His fast lasted as long as the fight. God has us fasting as a way to touch and agree with heaven concerning the fight taking place in the realm of the spirit honey when the devil comes and tries to snatch your stuff what do you do you get on your face and start fasting and saying no 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 god i need you to release angels to go and snatch my stuff back i am fasting god while you are sending your angels to fight the devil is a liar he's not supposed to just be able to take your stuff you have supernatural weapons supernatural means supernatural tools, supernatural spirits fighting for you. And all you need to do is fast in agreement. You're a child of the most high God, a child of the King. We don't just sit around willy nilly and let our stuff be taken. We don't just sit around willy nilly and act like we don't know that there's a battle going on. We don't just sit around willy nilly and act like we don't see that we have not upgraded, changed or leveled up since the last five years that we've been saved. Uh-uh. God, I know you have more for me. God, I know your word says that you're a man of war. God, I know you have angels fighting for me. God, I know there's some things that you've been wanting to release. I'm about to humble myself. And I'm about to start fasting in agreement with them angels that you've sent out on assignment for me. Those angels that you've sent to get my stuff. 
Those angels that you've sent to, to bring my spouse back home. Those angels that you've sent to save my children's lives. I'm fasting in agreement with whatever is going on. I'm fasting in agreement with heaven. So that's our fifth and final reason for this lesson concerning why we fast. Amen. Those are just five reasons. I'm sure there are several more, but those are the five the Holy Spirit wanted me to bring to you. I pray you feel empowered to fast. You have some scripture to substantiate that zeal that you have when it comes to fasting. Trust the Lord to lead you and to guide you on this fast that you want to go on. Glory to the name of the Lord. Trust him that if he calls you to it, it's for a purpose and he will help you through it. And yes, you will be hungry. Yes, you will have a headache. Yes, your breath will stink. Yes, your, your stomach is going to hurt. Yes, you might be thirsty. Yes, when you drink, it might hurt your stomach. Listen, it's a fast. You are denying yourself and it may not feel good. It's a sacrifice. And y'all go and look at a lamb or any one of the animal being slaughtered and tell me what part of it looks like it felt good. It did not. Sacrificing being laid on an altar as a living sacrifice does not feel good. It is called the affliction and the humiliation of your flesh. And what it translates to us is fasting, denying yourself food and water or Sometimes just food and you're drinking however you feel led to drink. And you do this for certain reasons. And we went over those reasons. And of course, however else the Lord would lead you to fast for whatever other reasons. Okay. I only want the best for you. I don't just want you to be, you know, a Christian. I want you to be a spiritual person. You know, so often we say, why we don't see this? Why we don't see that? Well, first of all, why we don't even understand what we have access to when we start fasting? Let's start asking basic questions before we start. Why you don't fast? Why we can't fast? Let's ask that before we start asking about why we don't see miracles. Let's ask. We, we need to be on one accord. You want to see a miracle? Come on now. Get the Baptist to worship with the Methodists. And then, then we'll start talking about why the church um, doesn't see miracles anymore. We're not even in agreement on one accord. Don't even know how to fast. Don't even know how to get along. Come on now. You have to do what's right. I don't care what the people in your denomination are doing. I don't care what the people on your block are doing. I don't care what your mammy and your grandmama used to do. I'm going to tell you what you're supposed to do according to the scriptures. You are supposed to fast and pray. Now it's lawful for you to eat daily, but it may not be helpful for you to eat daily. It's lawful for you to want food, but that food is not supposed to dominate you. Okay, let's come on up a little higher. Like Mahalia Jackson said, I'm going to move on up a little higher. She wasn't talking about in this earth realm. She was talking about in spiritual things, but I'm talking about while we are alive right now, let's make the choice to just move on up a little higher. Okay, just a little higher and learn the, the benefits of fasting and, and um, combining our prayers with a fast. Okay, so I pray you are empowered and light and I pray that you have new knowledge. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Lord, let this seed bring forth fruit, cover it with the blood of Jesus, cover your children with the blood of Jesus and take them forward and give them the strength and the power and the faith that they need to do this fast in the fast in the future. Thank you for the answers, the favor, the grace and the blessings that you're going to release. You are the great and faithful God. You are true and faithful and we love you so much. And we seal these prayers in the words that I spoke today with the blood of the lamb in the name of Jesus. Amen.